Greetings, this is the Inspector, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night, streaming into your human ear holes. Enjoy! Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin an advanced invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It will make us guilty and punish the truth. Confess, confess that we will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Bye bye Saturday night. Good evening, everybody. It's TalkCast 198, and it's everybody has a reason not to be here, but we are anyway night here. <laughs> Deep in Area 51 on the sub-level 21, next to the Stevie Nicks Guess Your Weight and Tanning Booth Memorial and Diagonal to Jimmy's Good Time Alien Autopsy, I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight are the usual suspects. In the Revere Time Vortex, our violent soundboard vixen, president of technicalness, Sometimes level-headed, oft-times outspoken, occasionally awesome, potentially acerbic, Kriana. You know what would get done here without me? Nothing. From the stacks of her personal silence zone in the Dank Dungeon reading room, staff writer for Better Homes and Critters e-zine, she's got books and robots and cats who may or may not be mechanical, and when she remembers to unmute herself, she can be verbose. It is Zombrarian. And right now, all I want to do is think about Stevie Nicks guessing my weight, because I'm guessing she would do it in song. <laughs> but really, well, nasal song. Yeah, but it would still be awesome, and there would be fringe everywhere. Oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. And denim. From the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, our ginger ingenue, the woman who is best remembered for her work as a body double in I Dismember Mama, a dust bunny in the cleaning room of horror, it's the dead redhead. Or not. Or she hasn't unmuted herself. Or, 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 or she has. Or she... Sunspots. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Insert conspiracy theory here, folks. I'm going for sunspots. Uh, I said sunspots first. I'm going oh, for liver did. spots. Or liver treats, one or the other. <laughs> Our guest tonight. Yes, exactly. Our guest tonight joining us for the full hour is a friend of the show, friend of ours, uh, a terrific author, and, and someone with an incredible Kickstarter going on right now. Welcome back to Tracy Hickman. Now here I go again, we're gone <laughs> away, your body. No, 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 not Stevie Nicks, not Stevie Nicks. Sorry. Oh, sorry. That's, that's okay. Tracy, Thank you. Good to be here. I've been, I'm, I'm so glad I was recording just now. <laughs> <laughs> I am so tired, out of my mind. This should be join, an interesting show. Join the rest of us. Every one of us has said, you know, if Tracy wasn't on, we might cancel the show this week. And yet, but it's Tracy, and we love him. No, oh, thank you. And that gave me a boost of energy. It did. It I gave me a boost of energy earlier. too. I needed it badly. Aww. <laughs> well, we love having you here, and and we're going to talk about 
your Kickstarter and all the other stuff that's been keeping you up nights and and so so wait we've got this Kickstarter going on we have that steampunk trilogy we could get an update on we have the game that was going on we have so many you are a busy man I am I'm dancing just as fast as I can which is wonderful <laughs> because you know we could name you Jojo Dancer but we won't and any- I appreciate that. <laughs> In news this week, let's start off with a downer and work our way back up. Ah, in news this week, A.C. Crispin, whose real name was Ann Crispin, science fiction, science fiction writer, science fiction, (laughs) crusader against scams, Star Trek novelists, and all-around nice person, has died. She wrote of her own impending death uh, weeks ago, and... uh, she did it as she did virtually everything else fairly eloquently. She just basically wanted to thank everybody for their wishes and prayers, let them know that her condition was deteriorating, and she'll do the best she can to be positive, but she just didn't have an awful lot of time left. She was best known to people in different genres for different things. Uh, she had two very, very good Star Trek novels that people who were into the Star Trek novel series Really enjoyed Yesterday's Sun uh, and Time for Yesterday. Uh, she worked on uh, novelizations for V the miniseries and Alien Resurrection. But we won't she, hold that against her. Oh, come on. Yeah, 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 she she also wrote a bunch of uh, a Starbridge series of novels for young adults. She was a terrific writer and as happens on April 19th, she, when she was named Grandmaster by the International Association of Media Italian Writers. Which is remarkable because... She wasn't that old. And, and they're all old guys with penises who are also white, I assume. <laughs> you would think. You know. Anyhow, she wrote for the Star Wars trilogies. She wrote for the Star Trek novels. She did a whole bunch of wonderful stuff. Read her work. Remember her fondly. She was a wonderful woman and a wonderful writer. And now that that kind of downer is out of the way. Let's be silly. Zombrarian, you wanted to say something. I did. So, as you know, we are, as listeners of Sci-Fi Saturday Night, we are obviously competing for your podcast love. Um, Are we? Well, a- according to some, there are only so many podcasts one can listen are to. Are you about to talk about a rival podcast? I am about to talk about a rival podcast. We had a chat about this, Zombrarian. Once okay. you're done downloading do. Sci-Fi Saturday Night and listening to it, you need to head over to Welcome to Night Vale and listen to that, too. Oh, my gosh. It has stolen my heart. I've listened to six episodes today. Um, wow, in one day? In one day. So what's it about? Um, I will read you their blurb, and then I will wax poetic about it. All right, so Welcome to Night Vale is a twice-monthly podcast in the style of community updates for the small desert town of Night Vale, featuring local weather, news, announcements from the sheriff's secret police, Mysterious lights in the night sky, dark hooded figures with unknowable powers, and cultural events. In the first episode, we learn about Miss Josie out by the car lot 
and her angelic visitors who changed the light bulb for her. Aww, that's so nice. <laughs> um, and the whole thing, as a literature person, I love listening to it because the language is so poetic. Um, the guy who is the voice of Night Vale has this amazingly easy to listen to voice. It's beautiful. Oh. It really, no, it really is. Hello. And. It's kind of like Tracy Hickman's voice. It kind of. And it's funny and it's, (laughs) it's funny and you want to know what happens next. Uh Uh-huh. I just, I can't describe it beyond what I've already said, which was a lot. Well, one question. What's that? Is there or is there not a robot? There hasn't been a robot yet. There has been a mysterious shape. There have been, um, there's the dog park with, that dogs should not enter and humans should not enter. Don't look at the dog park. Don't really even think about the dog park if you don't have to. And if you see hooded figures in the dog park, definitely don't look at them. So you're going to keep us posted on this robot thing. I will let you know if at any point there's a robot in Welcome to Night Vale. I think I'm going to be caught up on it probably by the end of the week. And it's Thursday, so. But it's seriously, listen. And they're not even our direct competition because... It's only every two weeks, so you have a whole week in between Welcome to Night Vale episodes to listen to Sci-Fi Saturday Night, and there's a storyline, and not awesome news and interviews. It's a different genre. It is a different genre. They're not. They're not our rivals. They're not really our rivals. They're amazing, though. It would. It would be fun to uh, have them do a live update on the show. Ooh, it maybe would. ask them to do that. So, uh, it so would. somebody should let our lovely guest coordinator know that. What a great idea! He may try we, to get them. By the way, we we seem to have lost the dead redhead. We keep trying to reconnect with her, and uh, she's gone. She's history. She's a zombie. No, well, let's keep trying. No, I don't no, know. she really is not even signed into Skype anymore. So, you know, if I see her, I'll, I'll pull her back. But I don't know what's going on with with her her cryptonet today. Get see what I did there, Cryptonet. Cryptonet. No. <laughs> you, don't like, you don't like my puns. Fine. Uh, it's, it's okay. Guess what? Okay. Stargate's getting a reboot. Oh good I don't know how I feel about this actually, but Stargate's getting rebooted. It's going to be a whole new trilogy, which you know Stargate is a big enough thing to happen. Um. The, the, is it really? Is, yeah, Stargate. Stargate has the potential. You can start a Stargate series wherever, whenever you want, and have it actually fit in and make perfect sense. Uh, so the original movie director was Roland Emmerich, and he right. wants to make more, but he doesn't want to continue SG One because obviously, like, okay, SG One had ten seasons. Have not gone through the tenth season still. I, I may never. Just I might just pretend that didn't exist and go la 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 la. <laughs> um, he doesn't want to continue Atlantis, which I think is a darn shame. 
Because I, I feel like that one was canceled before its time. But continuing anything that's been canceled for more than a month or two... Well, as yeah, that's, that's true. That's as we've true. seen with various things, most recently arrested development, not always good. Oh, that wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't good. That wasn't bad. It, it was a little bad. It wasn't as good as it was when... Before it got okay, canceled. Okay, so anyway, it's just in the pitching phase right now. They're pitching it to MGM. I'm hoping it goes through. The question at the end of this article, would Stargate fans prefer a reboot or would you rather the franchise just be over with? And honestly, if, if he still has something to say about it, I would love a reboot. I think it's... Would Roland Emmerich be doing the reboot? Yeah. Oh, okay, in that case, I'm kind of for it then. I, I mean, in fact, I would sort of rather have them not continue SG-1 or continue Atlantis or, I mean, continue SGU, although there, there's a lot of love for SGU out there. Yeah, I, I was not a fan at all of Atlantis. Just It just never really captured me in any way, shape, or form. But he had very little to do with that. Did he have anything to do with that? Uh, possibly not. So, you know, uh, the only thing I'd have to say is that the casting for the TV shows was way better than the casting for the movie. Way better. Come on, can you do better than Richard Dean Anderson? I don't think so. Probably not. Yeah, just don't even try. You know what else is getting rebooted? Sort of. What? What? Harry Potter. No, why? Uh, Not really. Okay, let me, let me. Let me explain. <laughs> Please, Lucy, explain for us. Okay, so they're not really rebooting it. Um, J.K. Rowling is going to be the screenwriter for a new series of movies that are based in the Harry Potter universe, um, but and they're going to include some of the tangential characters. Wait, is that a cow I hear? Because she is really milking it. Uh, actually, right, um, all of her proceeds now go to charity. But even so, her proceeds for that, it still keeps her name in the public consciousness. True, but... Not like she needs any more money. She probably has Do you want to know what the new movie's going to be about? It's amazing. Yeah. It's the adventures of Newt Scamander, the author of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I'm so excited. Has the potential to be really awful. Has the potential to be awful? Has the potential to be awesome? Who knows? Not me. So after not that am ambivalent news item, I have one that's going to bum, bum everyone out. Oh, great. Just what I wanted. I know. Um, True Blood is no more after this season. So by bum everyone out, you mean everyone's bums are going to be out because that's what happens on True Blood. There's just ass everywhere. As far what as the that, hell was that? I don't... No. There's music. <laughs> we're, there trying, music. we're trying to get the dead redhead. Was red it the dead redhead? I don't know. It, or was it Tracy? Was that you? I don't know. It was cool music. Welcome to Night Vale has invaded our podcast, and mysterious happenings are mysteriously happening. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get the dead redhead back tonight. I don't know what's going on. Oh, well. Um. Mm. That's bizarre. 
That is absolutely bizarre. We're obviously haunted. I think we might be tonight. I don't know what's going on. Is Tracy even still here? It says he's here, but he might be muted. I are muted, sorry. Okay, (laughs) Okay, good. If we we lose you, there's no point in continuing. There's my son on the phone, man. He's a magician, Aww. so I have a cute little ringtone. You know what you should have for him, uh, the final countdown. <laughs> wow. No, no, you should That shouldn't. would be awesome. That would be so cool. Anyway. Anyway, what else is going so. on? Um, so, speaking hmm. of sons and families. Hmm. Sure, go ahead. Heinlein's family is going to sell his bed because it doesn't fit in the Heinlein Museum. Kriana can tell us more. He made the bed. It's a custom yes. bed. Not like he put the sheets on it like he built he, it. He was, he, was an, he was an accomplished carpenter, apparently. Or, oh, I mean, I'm guessing he also made it, it's but got he, some he built it before he did features. that. So um, if they're going to sell the bed, how much do they want for it? Because I'll freaking buy it. Heinlein's bed? Seriously? Tracy? Seriously? Uh, Like, I want Heinlein's bed? I do. You kidding me? I'm not sure why. Why not? Because of the good mojo? (laughs) (laughs) Heinlein's skill with the ladies in that he had a pull-out writing surface shelf space, and a compartment suitable for a box of tissues, and a trash compartment with a removable container. Nothing <coughs> says good with the ladies like a trash compartment with a removable container. I believe that this fits into the quality of of um, what we used to call uh, Franken-jacked. Um, this is a term that my wife uh, developed, which means that you so customize an object that it is completely useful to you, but you useless to anyone else we use this in terms of houses that are built specifically for individuals taste and then they try to sell them and people wonder why it was a good idea to put the toilet in the middle of the bathroom i this is frank and jacking i'm really bummed and i'll tell you why it's been sold oh for only two thousand dollars yeah. That's cheaper than some custom-built beds that get custom-built for people nowadays. That's so sad. There were actually 38 bids on it. That's a little less sad. I know. There should have been hundreds and hundreds of them. And the money, the money uh, 100% of the final price uh, is supporting the Heinlein Society, which is a charity. Uh, I'm sorry, a non-profit. So that's something anyway. I mean, but damn, come on. That's all? Some wear and tear? Yeah, I think so. One large scratch on the side table. It's like sleeping with Robert Heinlein himself. I don't know if it's like that. Well, it's the closest you're going to get. Yeah. He actually gave it to the uh, Heinlein Society. Uh, uh, no, he gave it to Ginny. He gave it. Well, that was his wife. His wife gave it to uh, the society after her death. 
and they couldn't find a place for it, which is a shame. It's a shame. Okay. Uh, I don't know. In, in the in the land of ephemera. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know what? You could have spent. I spent two thousand dollars on collectibles every year. I could have popped two grand for this and put it in my basement. I don't know. I don't know. I would have done something. And somewhere in the background, an elf is tap dancing. So sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we've seen half a dozen uh, Wonder Woman movie pitches, and two really bad attempts to put it into a uh, put it into a television series. And Max Landis, uh, who writes Chronicle, the comic book. Uh, is taking a shot at a superhero flick, and he's told Warner Brothers he really wants to pitch a Wonder Woman movie. Um, That's nice. I don't know. Hey, you know, at some point, somebody's got to do it right. No. Do they, though? Why not? Is it ever going to happen? I feel like it's cursed. It should happen. It absolutely should happen, and I don't. I don't understand why it wouldn't happen. Uh, I. I mean, it's a movie worth trying to make properly. Nobody's. It is a movie that's worth trying to make properly, but the biggest problem I think with making a Wonder Woman movie is it's being going to be made in Hollywood, and and Hollywood, for all of its talk, has never gotten women right. Nope. Not in superhero movies. Certainly, absolutely not in superheroes. I mean, maybe elsewhere, possibly, that's it's been done right, but but never in a superhero movie. In a superhero movie, they 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 throw story out the window. They throw character character out the window when it comes to women, and and uh, and sadly, um, uh, just turn them into eye candy as opposed to uh, and, and, and supporting roles. Um, rather with than actually do anything meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. When 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 someone makes see the, and that's the problem with making a Wonder Woman film is that you can't you can't just stick her in an outfit and put her on the screen. Wonder Woman has to carry the film. Wonder Woman has to be more interesting than just pretty. There's got to be there has to that the the whole point of Wonder Woman is that she is much more than just pretty. Right. And Absolutely. and and. An, until they get that, they're not going to be able to succeed with the film. Yeah, and, and therein lies the problem, unfortunately. It should work. It has every reason to work. There's enough backstory there to do it properly, and it's never going to happen because it can't be done properly. I think all of us can hear in our heads, you know, the meeting about, uh, the meeting about that film and how very quickly it goes south. How very quickly it goes from an, an intelligent woman to, is that suit spandex? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately correct. Do we have to have zippers or can we spray it on? You know, that's the kind of nonsense <laughs> you're going to get. It is. You know, knitwear has just become so stretchy. Car- uh, never mind. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? I'm Kriana. <laughs> so... Um, 
somebody we used to have on the show a long, long time ago. Oh, God. Let's call him Mike. Oh, God. Inman. Oh, God. Yeah. Why are we talking about um, him? Well, I'm going to talk about him for a couple of reasons. He's mean to us. No, he wasn't. kind of was. No, he wasn't. He's too good for us now. He's, well, I don't know if that's the case either. But uh, he runs... Oh, seriously, a- nobody is too good for Sci-Fi Saturday Aww. Night. I mean, come on. Aww, I'm blushing. He runs the Generation Nexus websites. When we knew him, he was—he just had one, and it was Airlock Alpha. And we'd have him on the show every once in a while. And I, I read his—I read his websites every once in a while just to see what's happening with Mike. He says stuff. He says stuff, and sometimes I agree with it. And there are other times when I see something that says Star Trek is not broken. Michael Himmon provides a broader view. Oh Jesus. And I just kind of said to myself, you're setting yourself up here, Michael. Wait, wait, is he arguing that all the shower scenes and having every single significant female character in their undies at some point in the movie was actually a good thing? I don't think he comes right out and says it, but... (laughs) But he does everything but... To to claim that the Star Trek franchise is not broken at this point, when J.J. Abrams is somebody who doesn't like Star Trek, and he's had full reign of the entire franchise for two full movies and killed off two television series and even Norman Spinrad doesn't like him anymore. Star Trek is more broken than Star Wars and that's saying something. It is right now and I think until uh, and it's funny because uh, somebody who read it uh, and disagreed with him completely was a uh, a gentleman uh, by the name of Doug Drexler and Doug ought to know because uh, he watched uh, Into Darkness and he watched the other ones and just kind of said, technically they're beautiful, the work is stunning. Uh, I didn't enjoy them in the least. And unfortunately, he knows what he's talking about, having worked on three of the television franchises. Let me see, I think it was Deep Space Nine and... uh, Oh, gosh, the one with... Uh, Voyager? Enterprise, Voyager, thank Voyager. you. Voyager. Which one? Voyager. You know, I, I saw an article the <clears throat> other day about, um, and just quickly aside, because it's such a stupid article. You, you remember my number number one rule about journalism? Yes, if the question has, if, if the title of it is a question and the answer can be no, it shouldn't be written. Well, sometimes the converse is true. Sometimes if the answer is yes, it also shouldn't be written. Shouldn't be written. Yeah, that's because true. Because the title of this article was, did Enterprise end up sucking because of producer meddling or studio meddling? <laughs> Clearly, that's exactly Hello? what <laughs> <laughs> what rock did you crawl out from under, io9? Thank you. Oh, once again, io9 is coming up with these stupid... Oh. You know, there's something to be said for quantity versus quality. Not Maybe much Maybe you don't yeah. need to post 50 articles per day if a couple of your articles are actually worth reading. Gawker in general. <clears> hmm. <throat> The thing that Drexler, the point that Drexler tried to make is that what made Star Trek interesting more than anything else was the Roddenberry factor. It should be introspective. It should be self-examining. 
It shouldn't be, you know, fireworks and guns blazing and explosions. There has to be something more to it than that. It can't just be visually stunning. Sometimes it's political, and that's okay. What he, the quote was, the new films are devoid of Gene Roddenberry, and at the end of the day, I'm not okay with that. You know what they're devoid of? They're, you know, And I think calling it Gene, the Roddenberry effect is kind of a misnomer, sort of like the Steve Jobs effect at Apple. Okay, Apple's not dead because Steve Jobs is dead. Like, Star Trek isn't necessarily dead just because Gene Roddenberry's not around. Because he's in space and whatnot. Um, but it's the, the attitude and the, and the sense of wonderment and, and the sense of purpose that they bring to their respective jobs. And I, and I almost feel like those two have a lot in common. Agreed. <clears throat> Sorry, I pontificated for a second there. Nicely done. Too. Are you all right? You. Do you need to sit down I, for I, a may, I think there's a pill for that. Just lie down until it goes away. I will do that. I will do that. Anyway, I feel like um, we had a Facebook poll. I I will try one more time to get the dead redhead back here to talk about it. I'm I'm getting a text from her that is essentially saying Skype is telling her it is unavailable. Well, it's showing she signed on, so let's just give it a go. Give it a go-go. I don't think it's working, though. So let's let's just... um, Move on. So who is this guest again? Well, wait a minute. Before we get to the guest, we have to say for our sponsor for this month, uh, tonight's podcast is sponsored by Quantum Muse Books, publishers of Lockdown, an intense new sci-fi novel from Timothy Goyette. And Check it out if you when you can. And if you want Dom to say something that you want, you could always think about, you know, sponsoring us, you know, like... If you it would be to. amazing if you wanted to, and we'd love you if you did. Absolutely. So, anyhow, we, we have a guest this week. Cash grab over, now guest. <laughs> cash grab never over. I, Let's well, be serious. yes, we'd have to actually grab cash before it was... We'd actually over. have to have cash to be able to grab it. Someday we will have a wildly oh, successful my. Kickstarter that's 86% funded in the first six days. Really? That who would be the... awesome when that happened. <laughs> I, I wonder who that's happened to in the past. Who might you week be talking so? about? I Could don't it know. be Tracy Hickman? It might be. <laughs> it might be. Tracy, welcome back. Hey, it's great to be back with good friends. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. And we would like to talk about, you know, we, we talk. <laughs> what the heck? Okay, I had. <laughs> The oddest thing just happened is that I went to Kickstarter to, to pull your thing up, and it's gone. And in its place is something weird. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I assure you, it's still there. Oh, I know it's still there, but if you look at the link that I put in, it's it's gone away. 20, uh, 27 days to go. $22,331 raised out of a $26,000 goal. Three... 381 backers. Very nice. Holy nicely. crap. And That's pretty good, isn't it? I personally am in for the $45 tier. Third wave. Ooh, you blitz. got in good. I did. I did. I got in with the early bird discounts for a physical copy of of the game when it comes out. And you know, if you know me and and Tracy, I think you and I know each other pretty well by now. You know how often I pledge for physical objects on Kickstarter? I think I can 
count that on. No fingers. No, I don't think I can't. Yeah, no fingers. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I very rarely, especially paper and or book-based products, almost never, I would say 0.01% of the time, and you, sir, are it. Wow. Well, thank you, Kriana. That's wonderful news. So you needed 26 grand to make this puppy run. Yeah, and we needed you, uh, 26 to to do the initial print runs and get it to go, yeah. And you're at 23 and a quarter, 23 and a third, actually. 22 and a third, I'm sorry. So yeah, you are two-thirds of the way there right now. More than two-thirds. Yeah, actually. Two-thirds is 60%. I know the mathing is hard, Dome. It is, but, hey. But, okay, know. let's do this. 22,331 divided by 26,000 is 85.888% there. We can Holy round it up. 86%, as I stated before. Yeah, we're absolutely thrilled. And I, The thing that's been the most exciting for me in all of this is we've, we've gone and we've demonstrated, demonstrated this game at a number of conventions uh most recently at the salt lake comic con and the thing that i keep hearing that is so exciting for me is that this is the first new innovation that they've seen in a board game in uh, in years and and everyone's very excited about it I, I, it's it's really um uh, kind of humbling and 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 thrilling all at the same time for me to hear that so let's talk a little bit about that innovation. What is yeah. it that changes that that's the game changer with this game? Well, the real game changer with this is providing content um, that's downloadable. That we've integrated the ebook experience with the board game. We wanted to take the convenience of being able to download uh, to download content. Uh, into your e-reader, whether it's your iPad or your Nook or your Kindle um, or your Kobo, but whatever reading device or not your iPhone. <laughs> no, well, well, actually, in the United States, not so much, but in Europe and in foreign countries, it does quite well. Oh, yeah. And so, what we wanted to be able to do was to provide to be able to provide the ability of people to play this game, and if they if they if they wanted to, they could download. Uh, a new story to tell. They could download a fantasy story and play a fantasy story on their game board. They wanted to download a science fiction story. They could download a science fiction story and literally in, in within seconds have an entirely new game uh, to play. And and the idea of coupling ebooks with social board gaming um, is something that nobody's done before. It's it's a, a new concept. I love the idea of having the the social ability of sitting around the table and enjoying society of other people, um, and, and yet the have at the same time the convenience of using your ebook, using your e-reader in a new way, um, uh, in a social setting. Uh, I, I you know I I like the idea of people getting together um, using their ebooks as opposed to um, separating people. But there's but there's more to this though. And well, there's, well, there's more to this get, game changer. Before we get to more to this game changer, JC, okay. give us a uh, quick quick overview of what gameplay entails. Okay, that's a good idea. Well, gameplay, it, uh, it's probably the easiest way to explain it is it's like social pick-a-path adventure or, or choose-your-own-adventure. It's, it's multi-path storytelling. 
And so, um, but it's in a social setting, so you're all doing this multipathing together. Uh, the game board, um, is, you start out actually the game by reading the opening uh, to the story so that it sets up the story, sets up the setting for you. Um, then you move around the board um, uh, trying to pick up um, chapter discs off of the board. Um, you move from disc to disc actually on the board, and so as you pick up these discs, the board actually gets smaller. Um, there are fewer spaces to land on, you move quicker around the board. Um, you're trying to pick up story discs, these chapter discs uh, of your own color, and as uh, whenever you do that, you trigger a story event, uh, and that's when the board then uh, sends, uh, essentially gives you information about where you should be in the book. You go to your ebook, you punch in the numbers of your location, and it and the story continues from there. Every time something happens in the story, you're offered choices and options as to what you're going to choose to do, um, which affects the future course of the story. And uh, those choices are then passed down to the board um, by telling, uh, telling you where to position your chapter or your scene discs um, on, the, on the chapter track, on the epic track. So you go back and forth between the book and the board uh, in a game that's really very, very fast to play. You can pay, play through, uh, six people can play through an entire story in about 90 minutes. Who is clicking? Sorry. Are you playing that <laughs> cookie game right now? <coughs> no, actually, I was getting really mad at Google Docs. Again? Yeah, it wouldn't let me copy and paste something. I'm so, sorry. That's okay. I thought I was muted. <laughs> so now uh, the other part of the game changer that I think Dome is um, where I was heading towards heading, yes. yeah, mm -hmm. heading towards is um, now, now these story modules you can download them but from whom can you download them um, actually anybody uh, what we're going to be doing is providing all of the tools for anybody who owns the game to be able to write their own adventures um, and we're also doing something we call grassroots licensing so that we'll be happy to give you a license to not only write um, modules for our Sojourner Tales game, but you're perfectly, willing, uh, you're perfectly uh, capable and, and blessings upon you if you go ahead and take that design uh, with our uh, groundroots license and sell it online if you want. We'll even provide you space on the website uh, to position your your creation and hopefully have somebody download your uh, concept and your game and be out there playing it uh, in short order. So you don't see you, any reason why, um, why we, we can't allow creative people out there to come into our game and, uh, and create stories of their own. So what does it take to get this grassroots license? You have um, a copy of the, the, the game? You have, well, you have to own a copy of the game. We ask that you pay us a licensing fee um, that's, um, I think, uh, our current model is uh, send us 50 bucks, and, and for two years, anything you write in our world, uh, you can go ahead and sell. Now, just to be clear, it's anything produced in those two years you can sell ad infinitum. That's correct. That's, my friend, kind of insane. Like, well, like I, I mean, I love you, and I don't like screwing people out of their money. But like, damn, that that's giving them a lot of a lot of leeway. And no, you're giving them more than that because you're also giving them the 
the chance to put it on the official website. For free, and I think that is also crazy. Well, I'm make, I'm I'm making my I'm making my fifty bucks here, <laughs> and and it's uh, you know but, uh, I just don't want do to think... be prohibitive, and I'd like people to generate content here. I, I, mean, I everybody is so concerned about hanging on to their hanging on to their rights and their IPs. You know that I've been that way before in the past. What I'd like to be able to do is provide people the ability to go ahead and create something fun that they can share with people and and. I mean, at, at, at the economic models that we're talking about, you know, you're going to be selling your your amazing adventure module for, you know, five bucks or whatever it is, three bucks, two bucks, whatever you decide you can, the market's going to bear for it. And, uh, and that's that's fine. Now, just to be clear here, you buy the game, you you automatically get access to this amazing basically development kit for the modules for free and you are permitted you are granting anyone who owns the game rights to write a module and distribute that module free at, at no charge other than purchasing the game well, and purchasing the license which no is they don't as I understand what Tracy just said they don't need to purchase the license as long as they're not selling the game. That's correct. But if they want to sell it, they can still use your web, the official website, right? Yeah, if they if they have a license, then we provide them space on the website. Holy the crap! Other, yeah, the the only the only alternative to that, I mean, the only other um, caveat to all of that is um, uh, we need to approve the content. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I, I I I don't. I'm sure that there's somebody out there who is going to want to write a Debbie Does Dallas <laughs> Tales, but I don't necessarily so you're want to officialize. No, no porn. Yeah, I don't want porn. I don't want. Uh, I don't want excessive violence. I certainly don't want violence against women or minorities. Uh, you know, or or hate games that kind of thing. That's the sort of thing that I'm that uh, that I'm want to guard against. I don't think that I'm going to be able to do much in, in terms of preventing that. You know, if somebody wants to write some free thing out there that, that's disgusting, I'm not sure I can do much about that. But um, but in terms of the licensing that we do, yeah, I don't see any reason I, to, to, to make that excessive or, or difficult for people. I want to promote people to create content for, uh, for Sojourner and, and to be able to share it without worrying about big brother knocking on their door and that is a is a point of view that is conspicuously absent from many 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 people these days well and i think to a certain extent i mean when when D went to the open gaming license we saw really quite a uh, an impressive explosion in terms of the creativity and in, in uh in fantasy role-playing uh, then they decided that, that was a stupid idea. Tried to put, you know, close the lid on Pandora's box. After that, I think people were pretty upset about that, um, and, and, and in many ways, just haven't forgiven them since. And, you know, they, they took away their toys. And I think that to a great extent, that the, what we want to do here is is to help people create things that are, that are socially positive and are bringing people together around uh, around the game table. I'd kind of like to, you know, I'd like kind of like to create. Uh, I was thinking this summer as we were developing the game, I wanted to create a, a game for our family reunion. And you know, here, and, here's what I'm thinking. 
Here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so, say I'm an author, and I, I'm reasonably popular, and this game ends up having a pretty substantial following. <coughs> now, I write, you know, probably f- if I have a good series going on, five or six short stories, um, and those go in various, you know, compilations of short stories. And why wouldn't I um, create one of those short stories but make it into a Sojourner tale? Now, all of a sudden, my world has become from from two-dimensional, where I, I can only read this world and I can, you know, imagine things about it. Now, I get to interact with it. It brings sort of the the relationship with their world building to an entirely new level. Well, let's say, I'll, I'll take that a little bit further, okay? Let's say uh, that um, Sci-Fi Saturday Night decided uh, to do, um, oh, I don't know, an anthology series. And um, they, they take these stories from their anthology series, and they said, you know, it would be a really cool way to promote this. It would be really good if we had, like, a game to go with our anthology series. Um wouldn't it be cool if, if uh, Sci-Fi Saturday Night could then, you know, buy a license from me that's, uh, that's inexpensive and, 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 and easy to get into? And then do Sojourner Tales modules for, like, each of the pieces from the anthology series, or, or just a couple of pieces from the anthology series, for that matter, and use that to promote their book. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I have no problem with that at all. As, as a matter of fact, I mean, we're getting very close to funding, right? So we had, I've, I've had to, for the last couple of days, really kind of scramble to put together stretch goals that, because we're going to need some here pretty quick, right? I'd say you got about uh, a day. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> a day. Okay. So here, I'm going to preview for you nice people here. This was just a, 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 a test thing that I put up about for our stretch goals. Okay, and in fact, this and, and, and here to the world, we are promoting. We are going to premiere the stretch goal. Uh, our our first three stretch goals here, and our first stretch goal that we're going to be putting up is uh, going to be for improv rules. Uh, we're going to actually uh, have a, a set of rules that we're going to uh, add to. That's kind of an alternate set of rules, um, where instead of following the story in the book that you have. We just set up the story for you and set up the framework for you and then encourage you to fill in the story as you play the game. So, you know, this is kind of for the adventurous storyteller people. This is, this is the, the, uh, an add-on set of alternate rules that, will, uh, be, that we've been working on for the game that we'll include at the stretch goal level. We also have the second stretch goal, which is uh, an actual, it's a challenge coin. Um, for use with the game, and it's going to be exclusive just for the Kickstarter backers. So, you know, it's fairly typical in terms of your Kickstarter. But if you look here at Stretch Goal 3, this is Larry Correa. I don't know if you know Larry Correa. Um, he's a New York Times bestselling fantasy novelist. He, he writes, um, he's written this, ser- this wonderful series called Grim Noir Chronicles. And it's like 1930s pulp. Oh, nice. Noir. But with magic in it, so it's it's like it's like thirty twenties and thirties pulp with with 
wizards in in the twenties and and magic in the twenties and and superpower kind of things in the twenties. It's it's awesome alternate kind of history magic story stuff. And he's going to, if we reach the stretch goal, he is going to write for us a Sojourner Tales story that uh, all of the Kickstarter people will be able to download. It'll be included in their uh, in their pledge. Um, that's exactly the kind of thing that we want to do. And in fact, I've talked to a number of, of authors, actually really well-known authors, um, who if we get that far in terms of our stretch goal, there we're going to be including... Um, some really quite impressive names um, in our stretch goals if we if we get that far into the project. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> with 27 days left to go, I think you've got a fairly good shot at that. Well, I hope so, truthfully, because <clears throat> the, uh, these authors I've been talking to, um, to to provide us additional games for people to play immediately uh, 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 when they get their game. Um, are, are seriously some really impressive names. I, I've, I know a lot of people in the business, and and uh, everybody I've shown this game to says, ooh, can I write something for that? No, um, oh, that's so, a terrible thing to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. I'll see what I can do. Uh, and so that's 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 also really exciting for us to, to be able to have an author come in and create a game for their book, for their, for their intellectual property, um, is also really exciting and, and uh, a wonderful benefit in terms of the game. So I think, I think one of the things that, that may not be coming clear, but it is to me, is because this is a choose-your-own-adventure game and you get, uh, with the initial package, there are going to be three, ga uh, three different adventures included? Yeah, that's the minimum that we're looking at right now. There, will be, there would be more, actually, than that if the stretch goals are, uh, are met. But I mean, if the question is, how many times can you play that that one adventure? Uh, the game changes every single time. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so, it does. And in fact, the replayability of the of of each individual game is remarkably good. And, and, and so, so I mean, it, it, it's not that you just play it and throw play it play a module once and throw it away. In this particular case, uh, we have our prototype module, for example, that we've been playing now um, for a number of months, and, um, and, and we're still surprised by it from time to time. It still provides really good play, even though it's, we've been playing the one story now um, here for about six months. And for, for an author who's writing uh, a companion module to a piece of his own intellectual property, each time you play that module, you're unlocking different things about that guy's book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and one of the amazing things about this particular project, actually, is that the complexity of the game, we've designed it specifically this way, the complexity of the game is all in the ebook. Um, the board section of the game is very, very fast and very, very simple. Um, although uh, the game has some inherent um, complex strategy in terms of movement that, that really keeps it interesting all of the time. But the, the board game section of it is quite, is quite straightforward and very easy to teach and very quick. But you can make the game, or you can make the book section, the story section of the game, as simple or as complicated as you like. 
um, when you have a story encounter in in whether it's whether it's the random twisted tales kind of encounters or whether it's part of the epic story structure uh, section of the game book you can make each of those encounters either very very simple very straightforward for like for young people and and uh, holiday uh, family play for example or if you want to you can make those individual encounters multi-levels deep and with complex resolution structures and 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 have them sift down through the matrix um, through a complex matrix uh, and with with die rolling results and and, and combat if you like um, as long as the hooks in and the hooks out um, uh, are all pro are provided at either end to get off the board and to get back onto the board uh, the game can be as simple or as complex as the designer wants to make it and it's all in the ebook it's uh, it doesn't change the gameplay itself, but it certainly changes the experience based on what's in the, in the download. And, and you could get new perspectives on characters depending on which way you go, and you could, oh, I'm just thinking about all the possibilities. I'm so excited. I know, I know. Now, you brought this to a con recently. Yeah, I did. I brought it to a couple of conventions. Actually, we took it to Houston, and we took it to uh, Salt Lake Comic Con. And how did how did how does it work when people are crowding around you in this big crowded convention hall with all these other distractions around? How was the response? Oh, the response was huge. I mean, we we worked very carefully to uh, to create a demonstration mode that you could get through in just a couple of minutes that would teach you the basic movement and, and how to interact with the book. Um, everybody that came through and, and saw the demos on this, uh, it was so exciting for me to see their faces light up and, as they got it. You know, there was that moment when you first played a, a, a fantasy role-playing game, any kind of role-playing game, when you got what it was about, Yep. what people were trying to do, and there was that, there was that great gestalt moment when all of a sudden you, you got it. And, and realize that you had like lightning all of a sudden in your hands. That's the moment that I got again and again from people who were taking a look at this game at the conventions. The, you know, the, the guy who came from like the, the game review company and, and wanted to, to check out the game and, and the and grin on his face, you know, as he looked at it, he says, this is, a, this, is, this is unique. This is groundbreaking. What have you done? This is amazing. And, yeah, you know, when you and, and I get that again and again as people came through and to, and, and to see this game, uh, it was uh, I, 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 it was then that I thought that we might actually have something that was that was going to be extraordinary here. And so far, watching the performance on the Kickstarter, it's it's been it's been huge for us. We've, we've, we're just thrilled with the response so far. I was going to say the Kickstarter community seems like it's agreeing with you. Well, they do, and taking a look at the statistics, actually, and, uh, on the Kickstarter um, has, has been quite uh, surprising for me because I would have thought that um, uh, a great number of our pledges um, would have come from direct traffic, people, you know, that we had contacted and had, had uh, asked them, you know, uh, uh, over email, people who are our fans on our websites and that sort of thing. Um, um, but uh, they so far have made up only about 41%, 42% of the respondents um, on the game. Um, 
uh, a lot of people have just simply have discovered us on Kickstarter. Um, almost 20% of the people who've come to us have just discovered us on, on Kickstarter. And uh, so it's, it's actually pretty exciting to know that, that the community is coming to us, um, not necessarily because we've reached out to them, but because they've, um, they've discovered us and, and have, have seen what we're trying to do and, and gotten excited about it. You have good word of mouth. That sounds dirty, but it's not. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, oh, I, you know, and we couldn't do this without these backers. I, this is a game I've wanted to produce for a very, very long time. Something that Laura and I have wanted to share for a very long time. And to, to have the kind of response that we've had so far, you know, if, when this game happens, it's going to be because individuals went out there and pledged. It's going to be people came in and they backed it one at a time. Uh, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful to those people for coming in and, and getting us this far and helping us make this dream a reality. It's, that's, that's something they've done, and I'm very thankful for them. You know what, Tracy? At this point, I don't hate to say it, but I told you so. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. And I, I sat here and did my little Eeyore thing and said, oh, I don't know. And I said, no, I'm no, just no, a writer. this is going to be huge. And so far, it's, it's what's, what's really going to be exciting, of course, is not just the Kickstarter, which in and of itself is, very, is thrilling, but what's really going to be exciting is when we get this game into people's hands. Yep. And, they start, and they, start, um, they start creating with it. Um, we actually made an offer to, uh, yeah, we, we had a, we, we made an offer to a group of people at Gen Con this year, and I said to them, look, I'll tell you what, I will give you a license if you will pay for a prototype so you can start writing your games now. And uh, we just made that offer to the, to the people that were in the room um, at Gen Con, and they're out there now. Um, so a lot of them have received their, their prototypes, and and they're out there starting right now. It's it's that that's very exciting for me. I I am like so so crazy excited about this. Agreed. Now now what I want to know, and I hope you consider this for a stretch goal, is hiring someone to develop a version of this for the web. Yeah, I'd very much like to do that. In fact, I'd like to do it as uh, I'd like to do it as a web app because. Um, and we've talked about this, and I think that that's probably the best approach. I'd like to be able to um, explore horizons. Um, we have a couple of additional cool things that we'll be looking at in stretch goals that, that really expand this game out into some really fun, uh, fun new directions. Um, but, but, but beyond that, I would like to do this as a, uh, as a web app and uh, so that we can do... We can also do multimedia events within the game, and and uh, and, and some direct interactive thing in terms of um, not not just the reading, but you know, film and music, and and uh, and some additional processing capabilities that we can't actually do in an ebook environment. Mm -hmm. um, ebooks very very limited in terms of. Um, uh, of the kinds of processing things that you might uh, want to do in order to advance a game or a story um, that would be much more easily and, and better provided by a, a web app. 
Now, so, now, what format are you distributing these ebooks in? Well, the ebooks are actually you can actually play a Sojourner Tales game uh, in printout form. Um, uh, it, that essentially, it's 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 like a pick a path um, in the sense that you can actually play the game as a printout. And we are going to be including games within the uh, within the the box uh, Sojourner Tales stories in the box. Uh, that are in paper environment, just in case you know somebody pulls it off the shelf, takes it home, and and uh, doesn't the, have an e-reader, doesn't have electricity. That you know the, <laughs> the gas lamps are on, and how are we going to play this game? I don't know. Um, for the Amish, but at the out same there. time, yeah, for those who for the for the, yeah, and and I'll be happy to include an Amish module if it'll help. Um, but but the uh, but the real uh, the real fun in this is that. You'll be able to download it in PDF format so that you can do it in um, that's an interactive PDF format. Uh, you can either print that out or use the interactive. But it'll be PDF format. It'll be Kindle Mobi format. Um, and it'll uh, also be in uh, EPUB format. And those, those Virtually covers formats, it all. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'd like to just clarify, this would be now DRM-free. Yes, I don't think that DRM really is buys us anything uh, and the, the, I mean I think actually the game has its own built-in DRM to be honest with you um, in that yeah go ahead and download the, the adventure if you want to you know share the adventure if you want to unless you own the game it's not going to really do you any good yeah <laughs> good point so yeah if you really want to download it i guess you can go ahead and do that uh but you're going to need to come to my website and buy a copy of the game i don't feel too terrible about that in order for it to make much sense true true so tracy over the next three and a half weeks you're going to be sitting there on pins and needles going what do i need to do now for another stretch goal well i actually have a whole list of stretch goals of things that we want to do first of all like i said i've got uh, a bunch of name authors that i want to include to have them write uh write adventures for us uh and 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 i i can't tell you who they are yet but um i mean they're 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 new york times bestsellers they've written books you've read i, I it, they're they're really amazing um, but in addition to that, we've got other goals that we want to explore. There's a there's there's a wonderful version of the game that I thought of the other day that I want to that I want to do, um, uh, which is um, we call it theater uh, sojourner, um, where instead of just passing one ebook around, everyone has an e reader device, and they download the same adventure at the same time. And then they diff take different parts, so it's like you read round table at the table. And so every time a a story part takes place, you you actually do a little piece of a play, um, and everybody takes a part around the table. Oh, I, I, that is cool! I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely, guys. Here's what we have to do. Yes. When when I, I get my awesome copy after this is funded of the Sojourn mm -hmm. Tales, I feel like we need to do a live Google Hangout and. and do it that way and and so people can see how the game plays and how much freaking fun it is and, and i feel like we also need to have a drinking game that goes with it so tracy if you could keep that in mind and if you have any suggestions <laughs> as to what would be an appropriate drinking game 
Uh, actually, yes, it comes to mind. I know exactly how to implement it. I, so, uh, I figured you might. I, I might just have a new stretch card <coughs> here. Yeah. Add in awesome. Kriana's drinking game. Yep, yep. It will be named after you. Yay! And, uh, <laughs> you yeah, know, it's, it's if, we did, if we did a Google Hangout game... Well, see, that would be video. Like, we'd be on video. We'd be playing the game. You could see our faces I know that. as we're reading. Yeah. And and we might invite Tracy to come and play with us. I think that's entirely appropriate. I think that would be really fun. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, well, so, I've got I've got my 27 days here. I have to fill them with something. And uh, <laughs> actually, we will be going, we are going to be doing some Google Hangouts here over the next couple of weeks. And um, we're uh, doing a new video that's going to be going up soon that is literally showing you showing a group of people playing the game um, so that people can see how gameplay actually works and how, what the flow of the game is like. Um, and like I said, I want to do a little a couple of hangouts as well and answer people's questions about the game. It's uh, this is uh, I, it's been a long time since I've been this excited about a project and and I, I, I like I said I'm grateful to everybody for making it possible and very excited about getting it into everybody's hands and not just that they get to play it but I'm very excited to see what they come up with um, to play in in, in this uh, with this wonderful toy. So what you've made is basically this this platform for people to sort of put their own spin on things, and not just in a story way. It seems like the system is flexible enough that they could come up with new rules that could make things, you know, interesting. So if you played through this module a hundred times with the regular rules, um, you you can you can come up with a new way to play that could completely change everything. Yeah. I, and and it's that kind of flexibility that I tried to instill in the in the design of the game from the very very beginning. I just want I, I wanted to provide the tools for people to have a good time, and I think we've I think we've actually made it. You know, we we're going to talk about this in the next couple of weeks, and and we're gonna we're gonna get back with you. Uh, when you hit your goal, when 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 this ends in 27 days, we're going to be back and we're going to talk about the Kickstarter experience for you, how this has worked for you, uh, how it's how it's energized this game, and and what it's done. If that's okay with you, I mean. oh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. I'm I will be busy. I've got uh, uh, I'm still working on this uh, Shroud of the Avatar with Richard Garriott. We have conferences every morning on the story and wow that is just becoming amazing i'm really excited um, about it i've been following the updates yeah we all have i think yeah. and it's yeah and they were very kind actually to put us in the up the sojourner tales in their update which has not hurt one bit <laughs> mm, uh, so i've been uh, they've been tremendously supportive over there uh, not not just of the uh, not just uh, in terms of their project, but also very generous in terms of my project here as well. So, and I just got, like I said, came back from Salt Lake Comic Con. I told Cree I thought it was going to be a train wreck, but as it turned out, it was a gloriously wonderful train wreck. Um, Those are the best kind. <laughs> that it was, it was amazing. Um, just so, so you have some frame of reference. Gen Con this year very proudly announced that it had crested for the first time 
49,000 attendees. Wow. Wow. Uh, 49,000 attendees. I mention that figure because on Saturday afternoon at Salt Lake Comic Con, and this is the first time it was held, Salt Lake Comic Con, first time they opened the doors, the fire marshal closed the Salt Palace, the main convention center in downtown Salt Lake City, in the Saturday afternoon because they had exceeded the capacity of the venue. Wow. And they had actually sold in excess of 50,000 tickets so to this event. what are they going to do next year? <laughs> well, they, there's nowhere else that they can go. It's the biggest venue in Utah, and they packed it the first year. They're going to have I mean, to split, split into multiple venues, it seems like. But I'm not sure how they're going to manage that unless they start spreading into the surrounding hotels, which is a possibility. But um, we went, Laura and I, they, they copped us a booth at the convention. And Laura and I, um, we, we packed up three big roller bags um, of the stock that we were going to sell through the weekend. And my wife said, oh, we're never going to sell all this stuff. I mean, okay, well, I know, but we got to take it anyway just so we look good, you know, have plenty of stock the, around us in the booth. Um, we sold out by 7 o'clock that first night. Holy crap. That's there amazing. Wasn't, there wasn't a stick left in the booth. And so we we came home that evening, and and Laura turned to me and said, what are we going to do? We don't have anything to sell. Let's, okay. She said, okay, we're going to go home. We're going to go in the basement. We're going to go in the garage, <laughs> find whatever, you know, cases of books that the publishers have sent out in the years. We'll see if we can find there. We're going to drag it to the convention. As it turns out, we found some amazing treasures when we did that on Earth. But we filled up our roller bags again on Friday morning, went down to the convention, hauled it all back up there, reset up the booth, and sold it all out again. Everything was gone by Friday night. So, Tracy, what we need to know now is when you're coming out to the East Coast to do something like that. So oh, I'd it, love to do that. I mean, we I have we have three major ones uh, that that are, are friends of us, the Boston Comic-Con, the Rhode Island Comic-Con, and the Granite State Comic-Con, uh, all three of which have grown exponentially over the past three years. You know, if if they call me up, I'm going to say yes because I I would love to come to the uh, come to the Northeast. I'd love to come to the East Coast and and do a convention there. Uh, I, we've got such great people out there, and and I don't I haven't been east in a very 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 long time. I'm going uh, to do a convention in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Laura and I are both going to Grand Rapids. Nice. Um, next uh, next weekend. Um, but. Uh, um, and then um, we're going to Lethbridge, Canada in November. I'm not sure that was a clever thought, but um, <laughs> Canada in November, okay. Yeah. Laura says, okay, well, where are Woolies, eh? And then, um, <laughs> and also in November, we're going to Singapore. Ooh. Uh, Very yeah, cool. The uh, Singapore Writers Conference uh, invited us to come this year, and... Uh, so we'll be flying out to Singapore and meeting with uh, authors really from around the world. And very exciting for me to be meeting with authors from the, from the Far East. So, um, and as kind of old stomping grounds, I, 
I was in Singapore back in the uh, mid '70s, uh, very briefly, and and spent um, my uh, a year and a half in Java um, as a missionary, and and so it's yeah, it'll be the first time I get to go back. Uh, I'm very excited about it. Tracy, we could talk for another six hours, but I get the feeling you might want to go to bed at some point. Um, <laughs> yes, and, and I've got to get, I got to get, I got to figure out these stretch goal things and make we sure that my wife approves wholeheartedly of them. We will absolutely let you go, but uh, only with the promise that you're coming back when this is over to talk about it some more. Absolutely, definitely want to come back. It's always a joy to be back with you people anyway, and to. Just uh, kick back a little bit and and shoot the breeze with good friends. I really enjoy it. Oh, thank you so much, and we love having you on. You know that. Thank so, you. We'll be talking to you again. So, Kriana. Oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that, ready. Done it again. I Evan. know it happens every single week. Well, that's okay because without without the dead redhead here, I've got to do the second half, and I'm not ready for that. Well, then I will say this coming up calendar really slowly. Not going to help, trust me on this one. <laughs> oh, do you want me to say it? If you can, sure, that'd be great. Um, well, I, I, maybe. Okay. Well, just do your part, and then we'll see what happens with the second part. Okay, well, for the coming up calendar... It's going to be slow anyway, because there's not much there. We have on... September 21st, Matthew Wayne Selznick, author of Pilgrimage, a novel of the Sovereign Era. And what do we have after that? I don't know. You'll have to ask our guest coordinator. Oh, guest coordinator? So, we need to have a meeting. Mm -mm. So what I need to say here now is um, this episode was... Say, say the sponsor thing, Dome. Oh, I can do that one, yeah. sure. This podcast has been sponsored by Quantum Muse Books, publishers of Lockdown, an intense new sci-fi novel from Timothy Goyette. Okay, and see, I've got this next next bit totally ready to go. Hopefully you've got the edition in it as well, but that's okay. Go on. Kind of. Um, Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, and Comic Art House. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by the Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Haldefolk, at RobWattsOnline.com. Dome. Oh, nicely done. Thank you. I want to thank our guest, uh, Tracy Hickman. And he's coming back again because he's our good pal. I want to thank our cast tonight, uh, the errant uh, dead redhead, who thanks to her ISP could not be with us tonight. And Hi, Al! No, oh, that there doesn't she is! Work. Doesn't work. And I want to thank uh, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and our grammar girl, Zombarian, for all that you do, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. You're welcome. I still want Stevie Nicks to guess my weight. <laughs> this is Dome saying, Genie shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. I know. <laughs>